it has been a season. I've hugged my son. I hugged my son, but I wanted to hug your son. Oh goodness, I've cried about our future. I had complicated feelings and arguments about marching in a pandemic. And I literally tried to meditate away reality. I read some books. I got my senator on speed dial. But still, there is so much more work to do. That's why we're back. And this is Your Neighbor's Hood. The, the season, season of, of solutions. solutions. With Hannah and Jackie. So we're talking about employment this month. Yes. And since we've been prepping it, just in these last few minutes, I've just had this feeling in my body of nausea and like and an achiness. And I think it's just remembering past jobs that have been, well, I've spent a lot of time waiting tables, like mm-hmm. a lot of time waiting tables. And I usually, you know, that work is often in the evening. So I'd start getting physically ill feeling in my stomach early in the day, knowing I had to go in to do that. I'm, I'm with you. Like, employment is tough. Nobody wants to lose their job. No one wants mm-hmm. to feel like they're walking into the lion's den mm-hmm. when they're trying to work. But I feel like in, in preparation, you just allowed me to have some therapy on my employment trauma. So I want to thank you. <laughs> For the 10, 15 minutes you took of just letting me, like, unload my employment trauma. Well, I'm grateful that you would share it with me. And you mentioned something, I hope it's okay I say right now, which is just, like, the parking a mile away so that you could walk. Yeah. So that you'd have that amount of time to rev up and then rev down. Yeah. And this is not talking about the the job at hand. This is not the stress that comes inherent to just performing the skill of whatever your job is. This is dealing with the sexism, racism combo that was happening at that workplace. And imagine now what that's like in this moment in time. You and I are really like point of privilege so we get to sit and talk to each other in our closets. But that's not the case for a lot of people who have been front public facing in day-to-day interactions during this last year. Yeah, I honestly can say I don't know what that looks like right now. But I also can say I do know what that looks like right now in a way that camera phones have introduced us to some of the trauma that many people in the service industry have had to go through during this time, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know mm-hmm. that we would we would have the phrase Karen and shout out to Karens that are not. Um, <laughs> To the unfortunately named good Karens. (laughs) Yes. And, you know, a friend of mine, Karen, said, you know, I understand why they're calling people Karens because typically in the soap commercials and all these things, they say, hey, Karen. So, like, I get it. You know, it doesn't mean it feels good. But, like, this idea or the reckoning of seeing people, you know, specifically and in places of employment being so disrespected, Mm -hmm. we get to watch it. And I think in some ways for me, if I'm like sitting with what we've been sitting with, just like talking about my experiences in employment, specifically in the military, those videos can reinvigorate that that trauma. (laughs) Yeah. 
Yeah. Why are watching these videos like a train wreck to me? Because I can identify with them. Maybe I didn't get the rage in that way. Maybe I didn't get the racism or sexism in that particular way. But I understand the feeling of being in a situation where someone is attacking you for something that has nothing to do with you, but their yeah. own bias and, and working forward. We're, we're in a double, what do they call it? A double pandemic economy right now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Combating the pandemic and structural racism all at the same time. Yeah. Um, COVID. And the, yeah. the actual sickness of COVID revealed so many things to that, that were already broken, just pulled back the rug on and exposed. And so one of those now sitting here a year or so in mm. is people can't find workers. So many places are hiring now, offering bonuses to come and work and scratching their heads about where employees are <laughs> and <Yeah. laughs> why are you laughing because I've I've sat in spaces where I've listened to people talk about all their hypothesis hypotheses is that the right word as to why people are not showing up mm-hmm. but we won't have the we, we're not having the conversation about livable wages we can talk about minimum wage but we're not talking about livable wages and we're mad at people because they're like you know what i deserve to live yeah i've heard and this is just like a kind of dog whistling that oh people are sitting on their unemployment checks and how can they not have the foresight to know that that employment check is going to run out and they're going to have to go back in at some point. That's the perspective that I've heard is just these like hearkening back to welfare queen sort of mm. um, people are just, you know, taking that money and sitting on, around and there's no understanding of so many things <laughs> from livable wage to workable environment, mm-hmm. safe feeling environment, yep. child care, yep. at Cetera. All of that. That dog whistle, and you're absolutely right, is it's important to recognize that that's exactly what it is. Because what structural racism has done is led to the overrepresentation of minority groups in some of these low wage jobs. So recently I was at a family reunion and got to interact with a lot of people that I hadn't interacted with in a while. And I heard the old bootstraps chestnut. <laughs> and I, I don't only hear it from that side. I have in my family immigrants who came to this country with nothing, who started off having to really go back to low wage income and have worked their way up. And so there is a disconnect on why bootstraps doesn't work. So I think it's important that we mm-hmm. walk back historically to make our way to where we are currently. Yeah. So it's timely because in revisiting the history of Juneteenth and each year getting to know more and more about that holiday and more about just the messiness of it, like the messiness in emancipation happening. And then two years later, finally people finding out in Texas and then, and then what is the big, is the big thing? Like we're, we're not having enough conversation about like, okay, so you're free. Where do you go? How do you earn money? It's not like the people who are enslaving others suddenly were like, okay, here's a livable wage. <laughs> no, 
Right, because you're absolutely right, because after the Constitution was amended in the wake of the Civil War, Mm -hmm. enslavement ended as an institution, but there was still this level of bondage, right? There was still Uh a limited amount of choices that many people particularly black people actually let me just say black people had black people. as options black there were there were still limited options as to what black people can do sharecropping right mm-hmm. uh servants barbers railroad porters like they were pretty much the only occupations available to people and for like people in the restaurants and the railroad workers they couldn't actually the employers, which we're finding still today, couldn't actually pay these workers. <laughs> and and let's also just acknowledge the huge amount of skill that was held by these people who were enslaved. They were the ones who knew the land. They knew how to grow the food. They knew how to prepare the food. Facts. They knew how to do the fine craftsmanship of building these buildings, which we still have. Yeah. You know, like that was a huge amount of talent in trades that then wasn't what validated or uh, compensated you know, by money. Compensated, yeah. No. Yes, yeah, and and because they weren't compensated, this is where, to your point, in the the in, in recognizing the skill back then and recognizing the skill that it takes to be a waitress or a waiter right now, like that's not mm-hmm. that is not a low. I hate when people say low skilled, low skilled jobs. Um, Hello, that is a form of intelligence. Being able to keep up a conversation and Uh is is a form of intelligence. But what employers did, which is what I feel like there are some employers doing now because they're not able to pay. And and I'm saying the ability because I don't think it's an ability thing right now. It's like you're cutting. They're cutting into what your take home pay is. Like there are people out there that are paying folks, and I wish I could think of the company. He's one of those patriotic millionaires, and that's a page I follow, at patriotic millionaires or billionaires or something like that. They always have great sort of tidbits as to how you can have the conversation about corporations that are not willing to pay. But Mm -hmm. they started offering small tips, so they're asking guests essentially to subsidize work. Mm -hmm. That's what we're being asked to do. So when I hear that conversation, the dog whistle about people and not working and da 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 da, and that welfare queen stuff, it's like ultimately employers ask us for a subsidy. Not only do they want our money for the food at hand or the service at hand, they also want us to subsidize paying their workers through tips. Right. There will be the argument that businesses are set up, restaurants, etc., are set up to function in a certain way. They can't stay afloat if they change things. So, so I'm just saying like we were set up as a country on false legs. So then what we did in a scramble was to then start rounding up and, and enslaving black men to then work for free so we could mm-hmm. continue slavery under the guise of imprisonment. And if you want to know more about that, I would just take a start with the documentary 13th. <laughs> start there. If you want yeah. to know, not today. And it's it. Not today. Okay. We're not doing it yeah. today. You we're can go. quick. We're gliding through, <laughs> but I want to point you in that direction of looking back at that. And I got a deeper dive with, on that whole idea in the amazing book by Yajasi, Homegoing, mm-hmm. 
where she take that book this book is phenomenal in terms of understanding a historical perspective that has been the single greatest thing for me which was she started with two siblings in West Africa and they were split apart and then each chapter of the book one goes to the United States and is enslaved and the other stays in Africa and each chapter of the book walks you forward a generation so by the last chapter of the book you're in present day I think that understanding because we weren't exactly taught it in schools uh, I think is really important to to revisit yeah so actually I watched on recommendation of one of our listeners when we did our live the other night she recommended checking out Trigger Warning with Killer Mike uh-huh. and the very first episode is how he's trying to live black only for three days yes while he goes from Atlanta to Athens to do a show mm-hmm. and the difficulty he has just trying to keep the dollar in the black community. And this is something I learned from listening to Your Neighbor's Hood before I was on with you, is the conversation about a dollar staying in each community, the length Mm -hmm. of time. Yeah, I think they said the dollar only stays in the black community six hours thereabouts. Six hours versus in um, Jewish and white communities, it's in the 20-day 20, 20 mark. And I mm-hmm. think for Asian communities, even higher, like yep. 28 days or something like that. So the dollar is going out because there are not an abundance of companies to be able to keep that dollar in. And so why aren't there abundance of companies? Hello, Design. Then, Hello, design. Yeah. Let's go ahead. Well, but it's interesting because look, because in that episode they talk about segregation, and during segregation, you had, you know, class range in the black community. Yes, you had black doctors, black dentists, black restaurants, black everything. So it was easier to buy black in that time. Absolutely. And now not i think it gets easier to talk about these sorts of things because we just had folks really reckoning we can walk back to juneteenth we can walk back to people really talking about what happened in tulsa yeah when we were successful here was the consequence why did i find out about tulsa like two years ago Mm -hmm. I don't know. I think you gave me a list. You need to learn this, this, this. And there were, you just said, here are three to five things. Like, go look these up. And I was like, how can I live in this country and not know these things? Mm. Again, we all sat in the same kinds of classrooms. History belongs to those who can pay for it, right? Um, mm. Those who, who have the ability to be at the table, which is why it's important. Like even when we're talking about employment and we bring it all the way down to our little corners of the world locally about being a part of employment commissions, being a part of like the little things that we can do, the control that we have and being able to add value to the textbook. Like in our city, you can go to the school board and recommend some local reading for local history, mm. right? Like there's a way to put ourselves and I think even from the employment piece, we have to invite ourselves into these spaces that we have not normally been allowed to be in or allowed to sort of speak the truth in and say, you know what, I want my kids to have this as a part of their history. And, and maybe you're in a system where they're like, hell no, then guess what? Then it, 
they say Wakanda starts at home. So yeah. like there's a level of responsibility, but then we go back to dealing with all of these folks that, that many, many folks that are just trying to live and that bandwidth to be able to make these yeah. things happen is hard. It, it is hard. Yeah. And that is a point that I think is missed by many, but I think to highlight it, I found out that the among those who worked full-time all year in 2018, black women earned 61.9 cents for every dollar that white men earned. In comparison, black men earned 70.2 cents for every dollar earned by white men, and white women earned 78.6 cents. So if you have an over-policing of specifically black men, then the black woman in this scenario that I'm painting is supposed to work she's only getting 60% of what white men might get and is supporting a family on that. Mm -hmm. What's interesting is bringing it back to the service industry and these industries that women, black women typically get into, right? Is that Mm -hmm. there are only seven states that require full minimum wage before like tips and things like that. Mm -hmm. There's only seven states. Meanwhile, Jeff Bezos' net worth grew by $75 billion in 2020. Way to go, Jeff. Yep. So that statistic that I learned, I'll post the link to it, but it's AmericanProgress.org. Well, it's so wild. Like, I'm, I'm thinking about what you said, like that direct, that tree. If we walk down that tree of over-policing, taking specifically taking black men out the community who are making about the same, what is it for white women and white black men? They're about in the same ballpark. They're in the same league. Actually, white women are over black men by 8.4 cents. Okay, over black, okay. They're all, girl. (laughs) Okay, so then you take him out of the the picture. You take, you over-police and you take them out of the picture, you deprive them of resources, resources which you can look at, and you can look at these resources as economic development and also create employment opportunities within these communities, like that part too, right? Like, Mm -hmm. oh, we, anyway. (laughs) I just, it, it just, as it trickles down and I recognize what, you know, what my mother did, and then I'm looking at what position that I'm in, and I'm looking at the community that I live in, and just saying, let's say that I was a single mom in the city of Norfolk where I live, and I had my two children, right? And Mm -hmm. I had a a livable wage for me. (laughs) I would need to make 68, almost Mm $69,000 to be at a livable, space livable and so what does livable mean versus um comfortable like how what is livable so that's just livable is the wage that you need to that a household needs to just support the person and their family so Mm -hmm. and that's without any sort of like buffer for anything else you know emergencies or big events nope that's for livable wage. A livable wage assumes that the money that you need for food, for childcare, for medical, for housing, for transportation, what any other things that you're gonna do in the community. That's, mm-hmm. so that's before taxes. That's how much you would need, I would need to make. 
Actually, yeah, mm-hmm. that's one adult. I'm lying. One adult. I'm looking at the couch because what I'm using, what I am using is MIT and it's livablewage.mit.edu did was mm-hmm. sort of break it down. But if I was a single parent and I had two children, I would need to make $80,000 $80, before taxes. But does that calculation include, let's say you or I had a husband who was imprisoned, would we then have lawyer fees and need to be sending, like, would that include, I mean, there's cost to that too. Right, but that's not- even, not only the cost of the absence is what I'm saying. Yeah, they're not, they're, that's not included. I mean, cause even at that, like, I have single friends that are single parents who lost their spouse uh, for a variety, had to bury their spouses, you know, their widows. Mm-hmm. I have friends that are single parents because they are coming out of a domestic situation. I also have friends that are one working parent in the household because, you know, childcare is a, a you know what. And yep. then I have households where parents are both working. I'm. I know a household where mom and dad are working. Dad works nights, mom works days. They have great jobs. Mm-hmm. We're talking one in the medical field, one in the entertainment industry, and I'm talking a cameraman, like for a mm-hmm. major news station, mm-hmm. who during this pandemic found themselves actually after, after having their babies, because they had a set of twins, had, had struggled. Struggled for food, struggled to play mortgage, struggled because one mom didn't get the time that she needed off to do what she needed Mm -hmm. to do because the work says she needed to work but employment is not just a single parent thing it's a it's an american thing that is like really hurting and again disproportionately hurting black people because we're not making what everybody else is making right because even if you have both those parents what we know from this information is that on average black men are only earning 70 cents to the dollar that white men are earning yes Yes. But and but the thing about that too is is that we have to walk it back and also say this is a you mentioned Jeff Bezos, this is an economics game. All of us are suffering to white men. Mm-hmm. Right, 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 right. This should be a unifier, right? <laughs> all of us aren't suffering all of us aren't suffering to we're we're suffering to white men in some ways, in some but ways, also yes. like, uh, but, but there are white men who are suffering to other white men. Yes. Too. Yes. This is a, this is a green game. Yeah. This is a, this is an economics issue. And we have to just go back a moment to something you just said, which we can't move forward without addressing is one of those things that people are head scratching about where, where are the workers is childcare and, I remember, I don't have it on the tip of my fingers, but the U.S. is like way down there in terms of worst amount of time off for family leave when you have a child, adopt a child, however you enfold a child into your family, there's very little time. I mean, we are bottom three, I think, Mm -hmm. in the world Yeah, for how we respond to that. And so right now, people figured out ways to be with their children and you don't want to pay the lowest price possible to have child care because you still want your child to have a good and nourishing environment mm-hmm. so I mean if you you do what you have to do everybody's doing what they have to do but that's the child care piece and the lack of 
structure from that is a big part of people's reluctance to get back out there. Bam. Yes. Yes, 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 and yes. I would be lying if I didn't say part of the reason why I left the military was the child care piece. Part of it. Why you left. Why I left. Part of it. Absolutely. When I left the military, I had a four-year-old and a Uh two-year-old. And I will tell you this. I think it's absolutely crazy that my employer would have me go back to work at six weeks. Six weeks. That's how much time I got off. Did you really, Jackie? I'm not lying. My son was six weeks old when he went into childcare, and it breaks my heart. Knowing that, knowing what I know now, six weeks, my employer said. So that meant that at six months pregnant, I not only had to work full time, but I had to figure out what was going to happen after I had this baby. Mm-hmm. Who borderline put me on bed rest? Who mm-hmm. like like all these things were happening and the expectation um, of people that are trying to do a job for you, because again, we're exchanging time for money. Like I'm doing this job for you and for the lack of consideration for bringing life into this world and still trying to do this job. Like, could you, I'm not gonna say, could you imagine, but I'm sure people understand. Like, yeah, I, I have to work. Yeah. Well, that and that is rewarded in our culture. Like that that is like a noble thing to to be so needed at work. Mm. You know? Mm, mm, mm. I've had it thrown back in my face. Is feminism really such a good idea because now you got what you wanted, you're working and you're having children and now you're having to do two full-time jobs without an acknowledgement that the <laughs> that workplaces could have become could have changed to accommodate and to recognize the value in the women that were coming in meaning workplaces could have valued meaning that you're making a choice around if you have to go back at 6 weeks does your job make accommodations for you to go pump so that you can have no. enough breast milk for your child and then are they paying you extra because you can't breastfeed to pay for that formula or, you know, you're, you're getting paid under already, and then this calculation isn't accommodated for in many workplaces. No. No. So it just, to me, it just compounds the, I want to use the S word, the poopy nature of mm-hmm. employment, sexism, racism, classism in our country Mm -hmm. it's crappy Mm -hmm. (laughs) but i i am hopeful because i believe at the lowest level there are things that we can do about it Mm -hmm. if we take away the assumption of no what i mean by that is oftentimes in communities we make the assumption that the people that are leading these communities can't do anything about that. Or if we bring it to them, they're just going to say, they're just gonna give us a BS answer because that's what politicians and appointed and all these people do. That's what they're just gonna give us. So we assume a no and we don't show up. So what are slivers of hope that you see? One of the, the biggest forms of hope that I see is community workforce agreements 
What's that? So what community workforce agreements allow communities to do or a local government can require these is that when someone comes and builds in your backyard, mm-hmm. that there are mandates that the community can make specifically on the workforce. So let's say Wells Fargo wants to build a bank right here where I live and we're like, oh, that is amazingly great. Wells Fargo, well, we would like to see this bank be representative of the community that you are in and would like a percentage, even if it's one freaking percent. Of, like a percentage to go to, to, what? to be local jobs, to be a minority job, to be youth employment, like making sure that the jobs and, and at what level, because mm-hmm. we also run into this with planning, which is a huge deal of how our, our cities work, is that you'll find, yes, there are people that are not, that are non-white, non-wealthy in these positions, but there's no one in the position of leadership, so they end up being shut down. So like a requirement that here's what our community would like to see as you build your employees in this commu- in, the, in, the, in the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that can be strict. That can be enforced. And I get it. Some people like there's a brand of people that's like you can't. That's that's again that's racism in and of itself to mm-hmm. say that no 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 we're not gonna fall like I don't fall for that no because if I leave you to your own devices your bias will show and it will be because it, how can you assume no matter what your air quotes race no matter what your cultural background how can you presume to know another person's how can you presume to know what's good for them and honestly this model that we've set up where companies come in and take and take and take from communities and leave them barren is not the best interest for all of us it's not sustainable for our whole world no not, not even a little bit. And that's what happens. You get the corporations, you get these businesses that come in and they do whatever it is that they want to do. They, um, I have not shopped, I'm not afraid to say, I have not shopped at Walmart in years because I read the high price of low cost. I mean, I watched yeah. it and I was just yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I don't like the way they treat their people. Like that's disgusting. It's gross to me. Well, I went and actually looked up, there's a dirty dozen list of businesses each year that have been the worst to their employers. Mm. So you can choose, you can vote with your dollar that way, but without, without the running the risk of getting too far into the solutions, I just wanted to. Oh yeah. Sorry. Yes. That's a solution. But I mean, but I mean, it's uh, hard to talk about this stuff and sit in this in-between episode part where you're just having to sit with the crappiness of how it is. Yeah. Yeah. But there is hope. It just requires if we're if we're using Killer Mike's model, we have to plot, we have to plan, we have to strategize, we have to organize, and we have to mobilize, like mm-hmm. in that order. We have to say that no, we don't want that particular. We know that this this business is coming into the trying to come into the community. We do not want that without and also have the conversation about nimbyism because that can easily change into not in my backyard mentality. But if we yeah. understand the economic benefits that things have on our community, because I think that's where we can sort of share our focus and holding holding history in our hands of like, yo, like we know. <laughs> This is this is this was done by design. We're undesigning this, right? We're, we're mm-hmm. pulling this apart. 
and we have demands as a community, I think we can make some change. But again, we got to remove the assumption of no, we are invited. It's our party. And that's, I think, what was at the heart of us starting the Hoods Goods segment is to try and highlight those businesses that are surviving and thriving despite all these challenges mm-hmm. against them. So if if people are needing some little solution <laughs> before we get to the next episode where we really unpack some other things that you can do, revisit those. Yeah. Revisit those. Yep. My campaign is 100% committed to only using small women and minority businesses for every single thing. If there's going to be food at an event, you better have gotten it from somebody else from a small business that is either women-owned, minority-owned, or veteran-owned. We make it happen because we can't say these things and not practice them. I will show you Jackie. This is Jackie Glass for (laughs) Norfolk Super Ward 7 City Council. (laughs) Yeah, I I I don't want to hear it. If there's something missing in an industry, then we go out and find because there's somebody waiting to start. Like we invest. There's somebody. There's a swam. There's somebody with a, a that wants to start a construction company. All right. Okay. We invest. So having had a bunch of these conversations with various white men in the last week, mm-hmm. the reaction to that is I'm, I'm going to take an educated guess that there's going to be a knee jerk. Like, well, why can't, why can't the business just shake out why can't just the best best business win why are we purposefully diverting people away from it and i so i recently re-looked up this image which is of the giving tree so the image is inequality where there's the little boy is standing on both sides of the tree but the giving tree is leaning over to one side so the apple is falling on the side that it's leaning to that's inequality equality is they're both given equal ladders but one person can reach all the apples because the tree is leaning toward their side. Equity is the ladder on the side where the tree is leaning away from is a little bit taller than the ladder so that both people can reach the apples. But justice, the step further, is trying to pull the tree back into alignment so that both people can stand on equal ladders. Mm. And I think when I've seen this image before, I have never seen the justice part where Mm. we're writing the tree. Because it's not, correct me if I'm wrong, but what I, is it, isn't it true? <laughs> Wait, how do I ask, the, how do I really ask you this question? I don't think that anybody feels good to get catered to. As a woman, I don't want to just get catered to. I want the ladder to be the same height for me and everybody else. But we can't just start with same height ladders yeah. without fixing the tree. I love that. And in the same vein, I don't know that you necessarily fix the tree. What do you mean? I don't know. I I love and appreciate the analogy, but when we're talking yeah. about a solid tree, you gotta you need to plant a new tree. Because mm. when you if I have an oak tree that is leaning, that oak is firm. Yeah. It ain't. And and it's old. And it's old. Uh-huh, and uh-huh. you ain't going to get it to stand up right. Like, right. we can try. We can pull at it for years and years and years to come. The best that we can do is pull the top of the tree and get the other side leaning, and it'll be a snake. <laughs> a s- well, yeah. So then why are we at this tree? Not to mess up the metaphor too much, but I wonder, can can 
can the ladders be on the same side of the tree so they can both reach? I don't know. I guess the the fact the matter is is the tree the tree's just not going to work. It's not going to work. If we have but to stand on two different so sides. So many people's ladders are still at that tree. That's the that part. So that's why I think it's really important that some of us go ahead and plant some seeds. Mm-hmm. While they're st- you got people that are not going to leave that tree, they're not leaving it. It's, they're not going to go away from that tree. But when I think about the work that you and I and many people are doing with our little citizens, we're planting new trees. Yeah. Like, this tree is here. Like, look at this. You see this? This is not mm-hmm. going to work. So I need you to cultivate this next one a little bit better than this one. Mm-hmm. Right? But they're in the same orchard. <laughs> <laughs> And and the the survival rate a lot of, of a lot of new young seedlings is not going to be high, so we have to plant a lot of seeds. Uh huh. Facts. And we may be planting seeds in a garden that we'll never get to see, but we plant. Yeah. Because we need more than one tree. Because if it, if we're waiting on this one tree to create all the pathways, we're fucked. Excuse my French. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This one tree is not the only pathway. But we have to show people that and we have to bring people to that. That is not the only way mm-hmm. because we're going to exhaust ourselves trying to fix this oak, that the solid piece of oak where you're fatigue. All right, yeah. let's cultivate. We might not see it, but look at us. Look at where we are now. Mm. I thought I'd kind of like gotten it with that last justice metaphor and then you took it one step further no but i love that i absolutely love that that's so good i absolutely love the metaphor the justice because i think people see justice as um i think people often see justice as a my son says no no word but as like a fighting word when people hear justice and accountability they're like oh conflict yeah 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 that justice is conflict and conflict can create beautiful things. Well, I mean, because ultimately the people who are visionaries enough to go start new trees, those trees in time will start to bear fruit. And then the people who are up their ladder on the crooked tree will have picked that clean and see that there's other ways yeah. and start to bring their ladder over to the yeah tall standing trees yeah and just because you plant a new tree doesn't mean it's not going to have some crookedness to it that's why you said you plant a whole bunch (laughs) oh yeah wow whoa whoa this is the metaphor that just keeps keeps on giving it's It's a giving tree metaphor (laughs) (laughs) so what do you think we call it there yeah we call it there we call it. We say that we're going to step into the solutions. That's the whole purpose of this. You and I are able to do this. Point of privilege. You and I are able to do this, you know, without earning because we believe in it and because we want to plant these trees. Mm-hmm. So the currency that we do accept is likes, rates, subscribe, reviews. Mm-hmm. Like. Great. Subscribe. And thank you for the listeners that I've bumped into around the way that have just provided such great feedback and support on the work that we're doing. Oftentimes it feels like we're talking into the void. Hello, is everybody out there? So it's always nice. Yeah, it's always nice to get that feedback because we want to be 
cultivators. We don't have all the answers, you know, all the resources, not pretending to. Just trying to have a conversation, and it's even better with more people involved. So, mm-hmm. Thanks for being here with us. Yep, and we'll see you on the solution side. So stay open, stay curious, and make it a great day. Closer to history.